Hello and welcome to the Cope Life Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to really help you live a Cope Life. And so again, I'm grateful that you're here. And today's topic, today's topic is one that I think more of us deal with than we're really willing to admit. And so as we choose to be honest with ourselves, we can open up and recognize that abuse and neglect and trauma that we've experienced impact our self-esteem. So what we're going to talk about today is how those negative or adverse events impact our self-esteem, our self-worth. And then we're going to dig into a little bit about what you can do about it. And so the first thing I want to do is just talk about what trauma is. So if you're well-versed in the field of psychology, then you know that there's this thing called the DSM-5, right? And that's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 5th edition. And in the DSM-5, it discusses what PTSD is and it defines trauma. But that's more for medical and insurance purposes. And it kind of gives you this idea that something either is or is not trauma, right? Like it's black and white, it's yes or no. Either by this definition, you experienced trauma or you did not. But on a personal level, that's not how we work, right? It's not either you experienced trauma by definition or you did not experience it. The truth is that experiencing trauma is a physiological event and there's different layers or different levels to it. And so, for example, when you experience something, maybe you're life wasn't in danger. Maybe you were not in fear of your life or losing a limb. Maybe you didn't have a tragic accident where you lost someone else. Maybe you were not exposed to death or dying or anything like that. But you were exposed to something that elevated your stress response to an extreme level. And then maybe what happened is you were unable to control your physiological response And then it happened more often. When I say your physiological response, what I'm talking about is to what degree your stress response turns on. How much adrenaline did you release? How much cortisol did you release? How much did your brain's thinking and information processing centers turn off? Did you go full on fight or flight or are you still able to think your way through certain aspects of what was going on? And so really, I say that to say that only you can decide or determine if what you experienced was traumatic or not. And quite often, we'll go through and we'll look at events from our past and we'll try to minimize them. We'll try to say, oh, it was bad, but it wasn't traumatic. Oh, I overreacted. I was scared, but I didn't need to be that scared. And we'll downplay our reactions. But in the moments of that event, your body and mind did what it thought was necessary to survive. And so that is why only you can define what is traumatic to you. You can't go off of a book or internet definition. You know yourself. And so what happens with trauma and or abuse or, you know, something like that is there's a process That we go through that really that really defines how we are impacted in in regards to our self-worth 
or our self-esteem, our value. And what we do is we give too much power to that. And we actually give ourselves too much credit for our own self-evaluation. And let me explain that a little bit. So maybe what happened to you was you were in a situation or you're in a relationship where someone was abusive to you. And what you've forgotten is that you are not responsible for other people's reactions. Maybe you did something you should not have done. And maybe that's the underlying theme that you've decided to go with. However, when you do something that maybe you should not have done, maybe it was a mistake. You are not responsible for someone else's actions. You didn't make someone else hit you. You did not make someone else neglect you. You did not make someone else bully you. And so at some point in time, you have to stop taking responsibility for what everyone else did. You're only responsible for your own actions. And I say that to you because you need to recognize that you are responsible for the way that you view yourself and the way that you overcome that trauma. And so what happens in those moments where we reflect on the trauma is that we look at ourselves. What did I do? What could I have done better? And then you have all of these made up scenarios in your head, such as if I was stronger, I wouldn't have let that happen. If I was smarter, if I was taller, if I was shorter, if I was smarter, if I was in better shape, if I had a better body, if I looked better, if I was more attractive, if I had more money. You come up with all this crap, all these excuses for why someone treated you the way that they did. And so that's the way that it impacts your self-esteem because what happens is you think that you think that something like your intelligence or your attractiveness is static. So what I mean by that is you will think if only I was smarter, I would have figured out a way not to let that happen to me. And then you carry that theme throughout the rest of your interactions and relationships. So you think in every relationship that you're not smart enough or you should be smarter. And so you develop this negative core belief about yourself based on the way someone treated you and not based on reality. And so... What is difficult, but is necessary, is for you to, first of all, grab hold of the fact that, again, you are not responsible for other people's actions. You're not responsible for what they did. You're not responsible for what they said. So you have to let go of that blame. You have to let it go. You did not make anybody else do anything. And for so many of you, and correct me if I'm wrong. For so many of you, I am talking about your childhoods. You're sitting there thinking to yourself that what you did when you were seven years old is why a 30-year-old did something to you. But outside of your own life and existence, can you think of a time ever where a seven-year-old was responsible for the actions of a full-grown adult? The answer is no. Apply those standards to yourself. What happened to you as a child was not your fault. No children are responsible for the actions of adults. You're not responsible for their thoughts, for the behaviors, for the words that come out of their mouths. When an adult says to a child, you're making me angry, that's a lie. 
because we're all responsible for our own emotions. And if you are 30 or 40 years old and a child is controlling your emotions, well, that's on you to fix that. But in reality, your lack of control of your emotions is not a child's fault. And if you are that child, you're not in control of the adult's emotions. So you did not, as a six-year-old, make somebody angry. You did something and they reacted angrily. And in those moments, they had the opportunity to manage their emotion, to temper their anger and to do something about it. And they chose not to. And to be fair, most people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to manage their anger. They don't know how to manage their emotions. But that is not your responsibility. You were a child. And so when you experience those things as a child, you brought those beliefs with you into adulthood and they are impacting you today. They're impacting the way that you do everything. You're going into these different situations thinking you're not attractive enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're thinking that you are not enough and that is simply not true. You are more than enough. And the fact is, everybody can see that except for you. You have people that compliment you and you find an excuse. You find a way to convince yourself that they're not being sincere. But if you trust them, if you trust their feedback, if you trust those conversations, then trust them when they tell you that you're smart enough, that you're good enough, you're brave enough, you're attractive enough, you're good enough. And your self-esteem should not be based upon their opinions. What I'm talking about is understanding that there are people that see greatness in you that you are unable to see because of the way that you are holding on to past trauma. So you need to let that go. You need to let go of the beliefs that resulted from the trauma that you are applying to other aspects of your life. And so when I talk about letting go, what I mean is not just hitting the delete button, right? We wish it was that easy. When I tell you that you should let go of your anger, it would be really nice if you could just hit the let go button and it's gone, right? You're done with it. But it's not like that. That's not how it works. It's a process. When someone tells you don't be angry, there are times when you think to yourself, I wish I was not angry, but I can't help it. And that alone enables you to realize that managing your emotions is a process. Managing your beliefs about yourself is a process. It's a skill set that you have to learn. And the truth is, the only way to learn that process is through practice. You have to practice. So you can't just get rid of these negative thoughts and just go on with your day. You can't just snap your fingers and say, I will never have a negative thought about myself again. And the truth about it is that there are some aspects of self-doubt that are healthy. When they're based on objective reality, they keep you from becoming delusional. You know, about yourself, about your skills. You want to be able to recognize and accept your real, authentic self. You have to be true to yourself. And part of being true to yourself is recognizing that you are not responsible for the actions of others. And it's also about recognizing that a lot of these negative beliefs that you have about yourself are based on what other people have said about you. And they're based on you making excuses for other people's behavior and taking the blame. When you shouldn't take the blame. It's not your fault 
that other people treated you any kind of way. But now that you know this, now is your time to choose to be better to yourself. It is time for you to choose to set boundaries. And when I talk about setting boundaries, it's one thing to set boundaries on how other people treat you. It's one thing to say, you're not going to talk to me like that anymore. You're not going to say that to me again. It's one thing to set a boundary and say, when people ask me this, I'm going to say no. But there's also setting boundaries with yourself. You have to tell yourself, I am not going to entertain those thoughts about myself anymore. I'm going to quit calling myself stupid. I'm going to quit calling myself ugly. I'm going to quit calling myself fat. You have to practice leaving those negative thoughts behind. And the truth is, those negative thoughts are tied to an event. There was something that happened in your life that made you feel stupid and you brought that with you. You weren't born feeling that way. When you were born, you were a baby of being open to love, open to love and lights and companionship. So these other negative things are poured into you by someone else. And you can set boundaries to not allow anyone else to pour those into you anymore, but you have to set the boundaries so that you quit pouring that negativity into yourself, quit poisoning yourself. And so quite often what we have to do is we have to recognize the events that brought these negative thoughts to us. Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Why do I feel stupid? Why do I feel fat? Why do I feel ugly? What event was that? And think about who you were in that situation during that event and what did you need in that moment? And then give that to yourself. Did you need love in that moment? Well, put more effort into loving yourself. Did you need someone to tell you that it's okay, that it's not your fault? Well, then be that person. Sometimes... Sometimes in life, what we need from other people is not available and we have to figure it out. We have to figure out how to do it or be it for ourselves. So if no one is around right now to tell you that it's going to be okay, then tell it to yourself. And when you were eight or nine years old and no one was there to tell you that that adult was wrong and you are good enough, then tell yourself that. Visualize your younger self. Visualize looking into your 10-year-old self's face and make eye contact and say, it wasn't your fault. You are good enough. You're smart enough. And you deserve to be happy. And again, this is a process. I'm not telling you do these one or two things and all of a sudden your self-esteem is is 10x, right? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is embracing the process of elevating your self-acceptance and self-love, elevating your self-esteem. It is a process. It takes work and you need to know that you are worth the work. So you may need to dive into saying kind things to yourself daily. There needs to be places and times that you go where there's positivity cultivated for you. What I mean by that is when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, 
Encourage yourself. Say something positive to yourself. You are good enough. You are strong enough. You're brave enough. You're resilient enough. You can handle this. Say to yourself, it's not your fault what they did to you. It's not your fault what he said to you. You didn't deserve that. You deserve love. You deserve to be happy. And you really have to put intentional effort into these positive thoughts to recalibrate your self-esteem. To recalibrate your self-worth and your self-value. And so as you're going against and fighting back that negativity, you also have to put an effort into cultivating positivity. And so what I'm going to do is tell you a little bit about how to do that. And then I'm going to um, just close off this podcast for you. But you've heard me say this before. One way to really elevate your confidence and self-worth is to align your values, thoughts, and actions. I say that over and over again because it's true, it's necessary, and because you need to do it. So look at what your values are. And one value that I like to highlight is integrity, right? If integrity is your value, then how do you ensure that you have integrity in your thoughts and actions? One way is through self-awareness and just recognizing that those thoughts that you're having are not true. And then acknowledge the truth and do so without judgment. Because I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about being real and being honest with yourself and recognizing that these thoughts that I'm having do not align with my value of integrity. So I'm going to change my thoughts. And I don't mean just stop thinking about it, right? We do that all the time where we say stop thinking about something. Well, that makes it worse. So I'm not going to tell you to stop thinking about something. I'm going to tell you to start thinking about aligning your value of integrity with your thoughts. And when you do that, your actions have no choice but to emulate your values and your thoughts. You have no option but to bring integrity into the different situations that you're involved in during the day. And so then at the end of the day, you look back at your values and you say, today, were my thoughts and actions aligned with my values? And if the answer is yes, and you were a person of integrity today, does that not mean that maybe you're a little bit better than you thought you were? Maybe you're a little stronger. Maybe you're a little braver than you thought you were. Because integrity is your value and you exercised integrity today. So give yourself credit. Be real with yourself. Acknowledge the win and say, I won today. I had integrity today. Or maybe you had loyalty today or compassion or empathy. Whatever your values, live those values and then give yourself credit for living those values And also recognize the obstacles to those values and give yourself credit for overcoming those obstacles and recognize within yourself that you actually already do this daily and you've been doing it for a while. So you are long overdue in elevating your self-esteem because you are worth so much more than you give yourself credit for. That's part of the process. You have to embrace the process. You have to choose to move forward and recognize That you are greater than any of the bullshit that you've heard over the course of your life from your haters, 
from your abusers, from your bullies, whatever they were dealing with, whatever misery resided in them, they shared with you. And now you've set boundaries for yourself where you're not open to that anymore. You have chosen positivity in your life. You have chosen to value who you are. And so take that with you. Take that with you and fully engage yourself in elevating your self-worth, your self-esteem, your self-value. And recognize that no matter where you think you are on your greatness scale, whatever it is, you are even better than that. And if you give yourself credit for aligning your thoughts and values daily with your actions, then you will recognize that I'm right about you. I'm right about you. You are wonderful. You're amazing. You're strong. You're beautiful. You're smart. You are all of these things. That's just who you are. And when you can elevate your self-esteem so that your confidence and your self-esteem match the magic that you bring to the world, then you will really begin to thrive. Don't continue to allow your negative core beliefs based on past trauma bring you down. Decide to step up today. Decide to step into who you really are and what you're really worth. Remember that you deserve to be happy. And I just want to say that I'm glad that you made it to this point in the podcast. I'm glad that you are still listening. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Make sure that you come back to the next episode of this podcast. And I hope you have a wonderful day practicing loving yourself and elevating your self-esteem.